You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. to Tabletop Arcanum. Today we're going to talk to you about all my poor life decisions leading up to right now. Yes, that's right. We're going to talk to you about jumping into well-established games after they've been around for years and why you shouldn't buy everything. The Ricky story. Uh, I'm, have- I'm your host, Justin. And of course, you've already been hearing and we're going to hear a lot more about my poor life decisions. Ricky, nice to see you all. I can't see you. Let my words just wash over your eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Next question. We're going to be talking about all about getting into established games, how to buy into them, how, uh, how to approach that, how to maybe even do a little bit of research, and what not to do, which is essentially what Ricky does. What I do all too often, I jump into well-established games like it's going out of style, usually when it is going out of style, and then I buy hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. And regret my life decision because no one ever wants to play with me. But let's get started with our role <laughs> recap. So today we're going to be talking about what I have done since our last recording. And I'm going to tell you, not a whole lot. I played uh, some games of Ticket to Ride. It's one of those games that I love keeping around because I can just have anyone jump into it at any time. Right. Whether they know it or not, they already love it. Once they finally get a hang of it. They definitely love it, and that's how it always goes. I've already received calls from the, the friends that me and my girlfriend played with, and they want to play again. Okay, good, so good, good. Let's I, bring uh, the uh, Gateway Games around. Oh, yeah. And uh, I did re-sleeve my Harry Potter. have to try to say that completely with a straight face. Did not go well, but I had to take those sleeves out for a... Uh, a test run, and I'll tell you something, those sleeves are beautiful. I love them. I love them. So, But yeah. how, how does the, the significant other feel about those? She said that was nice. <laughs> she doesn't understand. She doesn't understand our plight, my friend. Always use protection. Anything else? Nope, that is it for me. That is it for me. Wow, that's pretty light. So my little recap, let's talk about what I've been doing since we last recorded and played. I've got a more rounds of uh, Discover Lands Unknown in, and with that, uh, we were able to play all the way until the third scenario and have successfully completed three out of five scenarios in the game that I got. Of course, this is that unique game, so my scenarios may not be the ones that you have, but all of them come with five. Four of them are your um, story ones, and then the fifth one's kind of a, a capstone um, free-for-all. So it, it's technically themed with the rest of them, but it's a little bit separate. Uh, after that, we did bust out some uh, Treasure Island. This was the weird one-player plays um, Long John Silver, not the fast food chain, but the actual pirate. And then everyone else is playing other famous pirates, drawing all over this dry erase map, trying to find his treasure with little tiny tools. Played that, realized that uh, it was a poorly translated rulebook and that there's a better rulebook out there. So anyone trying to play Treasure Island, go on Port Game Geek or the manufacturer's website and download the updated rulebook that gives a little bit more clear examples and fixes some of the ambiguity 
Okay, but yeah, no, that's unfortunate that... I mean, it's nice that they, they at least gave the update that you can go out and you can find it. It would be unfortunate if you didn't look for it, but it's yeah. nice that you can find it if you do look for it. True. Uh, then at the local gaming uh, LCG night, we did a Game of Thrones mini tournament where I was messing around with the uh, House Greyjoy with a Sea of Blood uh, agenda and trying out the new uh, restricted card list. So I had to take out either trade routes or iron mines because I ran both restricted cards. So goodbye trade routes and hello uh, Vasari's Riddle. Had a sealed Keyforge tournament on last weekend. I did see that over at our uh, local game. Yep. And I ended up taking second out of uh, ten. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, Because you won it was a lot of fun. No, it's a lot of fun in general, honestly. But the fact that I I normally don't do anywhere near the top half of a, a tournament so doing that was a new refreshing thing, and I actually had a very fun deck to play. The um, kid who actually won, uh, won one, was able to generate so much amber in a turn over like three to four turns, like it was over before you even knew what was happening. That's ridiculous. His deck was so fast and so efficient that it didn't matter what you did. He won. Mm-hmm. Then, um, against better judgment, and because of um, hosting uh, friends and family the next day, I went out on last Saturday and played the Elemental Championship for Legend of the Five Rings down at uh, uh, in Niles. And I did about where I normally do, uh, 22nd out of 26, so did not do well, but I haven't played in about three-ish months, so I was a little rusty and not very good at it, and I had changed out to a whole new clan and a whole new deck, so it was a lot of experimental play uh, the mm-hmm. first round and a half or so out of five rounds of Swiss, and wow, five rounds of Swiss is a lot of game. Clearly didn't make the cut. I left, went home to be back with my family so that I can come back and clean the house. So that I could have everybody over the next day. Including me. Including you, yes. Uh, then the next LCG night, um, because we're recording a little bit later than we normally do. So I had two LCG nights that popped up between these. Um, the other one, we did our Arkham Horror scenario. Three pop-up, didn't you? Nope, just two. We recorded last Wednesday. or when uh, It was Wednesday to Thursday, so yeah. That's right, that's right. So we were going to only have one, but now we have two. We have a weird recording schedule, and we do apologize about that. Unfortunately, yeah, we've had a lot of fun. Life happens. Yeah. So, trying to get it to uh, a regular schedule, but it's becoming a challenge. Mm. Hopefully, um, in the next couple months, that'll settle down a little bit. Yeah. Now, uh, so we, pl- I, uh, my buddy Tony and I did not face ourselves in the Keyforge uh, tournament, so we pulled out our Keyforge decks from that tournament, played them. Uh, it was a closer game. He did win because he thought he thought his deck could beat me, but we never faced each other. And it's true, his deck could win. Uh, my deck was not very far behind that. Uh, we played more of a Forgotten Age campaign for Arkham Horror the LCG. We are now um, halfway done with the Forgotten Age. It is a lot of fun. 
wow, is there a lot of interludes. It's, you know, here's a page of reading of what you've done. Play the scenario, another page of reading, and another page of reading before you can get to the next scenario. So there's a little lot of decision points and, and text boxes that you get to uh, read through on there. Lots of lots of different things that can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just last night, we sat down and played some more Gloomhaven, continuing that campaign. And we were able to bust out not one, but two scenarios in a single workday night, which uh, every other time we've gotten together, it's only been one. I think everybody is now comfortable enough with the game that we are making faster turns and being a lot more efficient while we play. So that is my role recap. A whole lot of tournaments, apparently, is what I did in the last two weeks. You've had quite a bit, and I really need to step it up. I've been trapped away from my house, so I haven't had any access to any of my games. It's been unfortunate, but... The other thing is now, over the next two weeks, I'm going out of town for a week, and then you're going out of town for a week. Yes. Your um, your out of town is going to be a lot more exciting than my out of town. I'm going out of town for training for work, in which I'm going to bring a lots of Arkham Horror so I can play with myself. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <sighs> okay. That's in there. Yeah, no, I'm going to be stuck in a hotel room. Flipping cardboard all alone. Yep. And you are going out to a convention. You're actually going out to, what was the name of it again? So I'm going out to Gamma, mm-hmm. uh, which is out in Reno. And that is, Gamma is the Game Manufacturers Association, which is a association that retailers and manufacturers can join. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of share ideas and other uh, things. So this is their yearly convention of sorts to kind of get together do seminars uh kind of learn from each other and and get grow together as an industry nice very nice so we're gonna have a lot of exciting stories when you get back hopefully um but yes i believe that'll be our next episode is talking about gamma and recapping it so apologize in the fans in the future uh, because that will be officially when we would be recording is when i'll be out in reno so we will uh, essentially have a slightly extended delay between this episode and the next, just because that's what yeah. it's going to be. And we can't record beforehand, unfortunately, because we want to be, yeah. Well, we want to talk about what what I did out there, so I kind of have to go out and do it first. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, gaming news. Uh, I'm going to start off with our my typical Star Wars Legion. Uh, right now... They have just announced their exclusive for the Star Wars Chicago Celebration. Yep. You're going to be out of town during that weekend. Yes, I will be. Uh, I wasn't planning on going to Celebration because when I saw the tickets go up, they were like $400 for just the badge for the four days. Yeah. And as much as I do enjoy Star Wars, um, that's a lot of money. I would have done it if I had the money at the time. I waited a little bit. Now all they have left is Sunday, and I think Sunday's still like $70. Yeah, it's a lot for a single day still. Yeah. Fantasy Flight is bringing out their Star Wars Celebration exclusive Darth Vader mini. He is beautiful. The only problem is, again, all the tickets that are left are Sunday. By the time Sunday comes around, one, the ticket's $80 for me to go, and two... 
chances are he's going to be sold out. So, right. Sucks to suck. Unfortunate. I can look from afar. I can drill over eBay when they're selling for disgusting amounts of money. But then we also have Adepticon. They are bringing out the alt painted vulture droid. Yeah. Which so, will be metallically painted. Um, nice thing is doesn't need tickets to go in and observe or do like the vendor floor. You only really need to buy your badge and, and entry into the con for your um, events. Mm-hmm. And if you want to play events. Um, so good news is you know, might be able to sneak in and get that. We'll see. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to kind of touch base with Legion, though. Mm-hmm. So if you look at this sculpt, it's Darth Vader, Force Unleashed style, like mm-hmm. pile of rocks, and he's like force powering out. This is a game that uses true line of sight. Why are we adding half an inch of rock to this base model on a game where we really don't want to do that? People were modding their ATSTs to be kind of squatted down. So they can hide behind terrain and buildings better. And now we're going to put Vader on a pedestal. Granny, he is a monster mm-hmm. on, uh, in the game. But think about that. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you also see people with the Boba Fett either modding it so he's just standing instead of flying up. or. Yep. Because, yeah. again, line of sight. Yeah. Is important. So since he's on his little flight stand on his jetpack flying above everybody else you get to shoot him first it's interesting to see that they went with a true line of sight and then are doing things like this and are allowing people to mod like they are Mm -hmm. Um, i like the modding community i like the idea that you can create your own thing but then almost i feel like it needed to be like base to base Mm -hmm. or something of that nature then as far as what's your range and can you see them yeah so we'll see um, that's just how they build it. Do you have anything newsworthy? Oh, if we want to stick with the Fantasy Flight announcements, they do have the championship decks for both uh, of 2018 for both Game of Thrones, which is a, a Martell with Banner of the Wolf, and then there's um, the L5R uh, Winter Court Championship deck, which was uh, the Crane deck that won that. Both of which are completely not legal to play anymore because the restricted list both got updated in both games. But they do come with full art cards. So um, if you're looking for extra copies of Let Go, if you're looking for um, little fancier cards for those particular factions, they're neat to pick up. Um, they're fun to play with. I've used the uh, Game of Thrones championship decks to get into the game mm-hmm. uh, for the 2016-2017 championship decks because they were well-built decks that could work man um kind of looting into buying into a game these are kind of ways to get into a game and at least get a deck that isn't hot garbage mm-hmm. um to at least mess around and learn the game without doing the giant investment for it yeah um we did see that uh us Opoly, now they are um so yeah let's talk about that a little bit usaopoly is getting so getting the ability to print talisman. So they are um USA Apple is now VOP. They're getting the rights to print talisman again. Talisman is actually games workshop game and product originally that Fantasy Flight used to have because it's USA Apple or the OP now. Mm-hmm. 
they're skinning Talisman into a new franchise. Now, technically, Talisman's already been franchised once when um, Games Workshop and Fantasy Flight were working together because they did a game called Relic, which was Talisman in the 40th, 40K universe, mm. which was uh, a little different extra mechanics to it, but essentially it was the same game, just 40K edition. Now uh, they're branching out and bringing Kingdom Hearts to this. Which is interesting. If you're not familiar with USAopoly or the OP, my, my girlfriend's favorite game manufacturer they are the minds behind Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle. So, right. So USAopoly, Opoly being the keyword, they are the manufacturers of Monopoly and all the like variations mm-hmm. per se, and all the different like Rick and Morty Monopoly, Stranger Things Monopoly, etc. And on to Infinity. So that's what they've been known for. But now they're because of Harry Potter and a couple other things, they're trying to get um, a broader thing. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do because it is. I mean, they, they did well with um, the IP for Harry Potter. They could have. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they probably did throw Harry Potter onto a Monopoly game. All right, cool. But they actually made something really cool with uh, Hogwarts Battle. So. Oh, I do actually have one other tidbit of news. Yes. Non Fantasy Flight related this time because. What is anything but Fantasy Flight? Yes. Something else. So, um, Stonemaier Games has Wingspan coming out in the next couple weeks. And there is something like two cards that needed to be eroded, one art that needed to be updated, and then like 20 cards that have like just misspelled words on them. So, you can actually go to Meeple Source if you're in the U.S. Um, He does also have some of the U.K. um, and... Other uh, other countries covered too. If you actually go onto their Facebook page or for Wingspan, you can see the post from Jamie. But essentially, um, he's giving correction packs out. You just have to pay shipping and handling. That's nice. So this only affects your ambassador printings and your first and second runs. So if you get the game pretty much after March, and it's like the third print run, mm-hmm. um, you'll have the credit cards in the box. It's just those initial waves that they uh, caught after the fact and have to go back and fix them. Fair enough. But it's a way to do it. And um, U.S. shipping, it was like three bucks, four bucks. It wasn't. It wasn't anything drastic. So that's all the news I've got. So uh, we're going to talk about everything that I've done poorly for the past few years, uh, including but not limited to buying everything just because I can, because I want to get into something and no one will ever play with me or love me. So that got heavy. Yeah. As a subject matter, uh, expert here that got heavy. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, so we're going to talk about how to get into games that are well established. Right. So let's, you know, great example of something that is established is going to be things like your LCG games right now because the newest one is still like two years old at this point. Or you've got things like Warhammer 40K or Age of Sigmar or Legion, these tabletop miniature games that have many different expansions, armies, units, packs, things of that nature. Um, This also would fall into some of the major board games like Cthulhu Wars or... 
um, the Eldritch Horror, which has a lot of expansions, Mansions of Madness, it has a lot of expansions to it. Um, Descent, Imperial Assault. Anything that has been established for more than a year or two and has add-ons. Lots of different things out there that you need to get into. I want to break this down in a couple different ways. Let's start with LCGs. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of where your recent downfall has been. Actually, I would say that with this LCG, I've done pretty okay at not just buying everything. Because I did get my tax return. And I could have, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I still spent a lot of money, right? but so I can always spend more. When it comes to any of this, take it with a grain of salt. This is what we would suggest starting with. And this is also something to change as the games evolve because they are living card games. So there's always kind of a give and take of what's going to be going on next. So the living card games kind of fall into two major categories. You're either going to have your co-op games, which is your Lord of the Rings and your Arkham Horror, or you'll have your competitive ones, which are uh, currently your Legend of the Five Rings and A Game of Thrones. Now, they do also have Netrunner out there that is now uh, uh, done. And there was also like the Star Wars collectible LCG, which is also now done. Those are both competitive and they would still fall into kind of the competitive uh, buckets Mm -hmm. but they're done and they they are what they are at this point so if you actually want to go get into those games um may not be a bad time to do so because there might be people trying to get rid of their collections because if they were a competitive player and there's no competitive scene around them anymore now's the time for them to get rid of their collection Mm -hmm. so if you are looking for the co-op games both of them are very important to know that they start with the core box. So you start with the, the main box, period. Mm-hmm. That is enough to usually play the first scenario, whatever it comes with. Your deck building will be super limited. That's where once you, I always advise, play the game. Before you do anything else, get a core, play the game. This applies to even the uh, competitive ones. Because once you figure out if you actually want the game or not, That's when you can go, yeah, I like this game. Let's see what else is out there for it. Now it's time to add on and buy in. Typically, um, the way Fantasy Flight does their games in this, in the LCG category, is you usually get like one copy of every card in the core box, but in a deck you can usually run two or three depending on the game. So getting a secondary or third core is very common practice, and you'll see people suggest that usually the first thing. Mm-hmm. I always suggest either do that, or if you don't want to double up on cards quite yet, uh, and you actually want to get new scenarios, go for what they call the deluxe boxes. Things go in and out of print, as we've talked about with Fantasy Flight and, and Legion already. So one of the things I always like to say with that as well is when things are available, that's kind of when to go. Mm-hmm. Because they'll, they'll reprint cycles at a time. And with these particular games, you get a deluxe and there's like six min smaller packs that go with it. Those are the co-op games. Very important to know. Don't worry about the small packs unless you have the big pack that goes in front of it. Mm-hmm. Because you can't play those scenarios without the, the, the corresponding deluxe pack. They should have all the warnings on the back of the packaging. But if not, here's your warning. Mm-hmm. Co-op, that's one... That's how I would buy it. Take it easy. 
buy the car, buy the packs that interest you or what you can find at the time and go from there. I would have to agree. And that's essentially what I did is um, you told me to think about getting a second core. I elected to instead buy uh, the core and then all the deluxe boxes just to make sure I had all the cards uh, and all the different characters available. Um to be honest, I probably could have gotten away, and I did get away with just playing with the core, even though I had the deluxe boxes, because until I was really even used to the game, I couldn't really understand uh, what cards really went with what. There's not a whole lot of not a whole lot of ability to really find out what cards you could really want from other deluxe boxes. Right. So, so it was a lot of... Me alert. just build, building the, the deck that was in the core box, playing through the first few scenarios, getting a feel for the game. I had played it before with you. With you, it was a little bit more of a different experience because you gave me a deck that was already leveled up. Leveled up, established, yeah. built. Um, I've also been playing since 2016 when the game came out, so like I could build a deck without thinking about it, and it would be at least an okay deck. I don't, and, yeah. I don't min-max. Um, I've learned a couple things along the way. It's like, oh, yeah, I probably should have some way of healing uh, for those who, you know, the, the, the monster beater sort of situation. But it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, competitive games are a little bit different. So what I would say with the competitive games, if you're first getting into it, Game of Thrones has this interesting intro decks where mm-hmm. it's a prefab, pre, prefab deck. Uh, Magic is the very much the same way like that, too, where you can get the, the prefabricated decks. And they're a good way to learn. They're a very, very solid way to learn. They are not competitive decks, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're learning tools and stepping stones for the next level. So that's where you get your cores. That's where you get your next expansions. Um, and again, the deluxes get you a lot more bang for your buck than the chapter packs, but when it comes to things like Game of Thrones or L5R, find go online and find the decks that you want to build and the cards that interest you, and then target those packs specifically because you don't need to buy everything ever if you just want to build a, a Stark deck mm-hmm. or if you want to build a Crab deck for L5R because there's going to be cards in for each faction in every pack that's how they kind of build those so that it kind of triggers the collectors that if you want everything for crab you need to buy everything even the phoenix and the the, the clan decks that are not your clan mm-hmm. however there's usually one card or two cards that are for your faction in that that's why i say do the research go online figure out um they've got wonderful resources through uh um, a deck of thrones and uh, and and things like that, or the databases are all out there. You can look at every card. You can search. You can look. You can look at lists online. Figure out what you want and kind of target what those cards are and get the packs with those cards first. Because mm-hmm. then you're going to be up and playing and doing something that you actually want to do before you're just sitting with a pile of cards and like. Like you said, I don't know what I'm doing with all these extra cards yet because I don't even know the game that well. Yeah. So that's uh, the card games. Well, that's that's the LCG 
LCGs. If, if you're jumping into any kind of CCGs, um, collectible card games, trading card games, um, I would suggest waiting until a new wave comes out. Correct. A lot of the times what we like to see, or a lot of times what I have seen, are people who are saying, hey, I really wanted to get into Magic the Gathering right now. Right. So they go out and they buy those giant boxes of 500 cards you can find on Amazon for $11, and like, this is all I need to build a deck. True. Those 500 cards probably isn't worth the $11 you just spent on them. Instead, there's a lot of new cards coming out. They take cards out. Um, you do want to do your research. I would suggest in those trading card games or collectible card games to um, get the pre-built decks just to kind of get a, uh, a feel mm-hmm. for it until you can really sit down and say, hey, this is something I really want to invest in. I know a ton of people, myself. Actually, I want to say both of us included because we had our uh, we had our fling with Star Wars Destiny. I'm a two-time fling with Magic the Gathering too. Like, yeah, I'm a many time fling with Magic the Gathering, but it, I'm talking it, I know it brings at you least, back. Yeah, I know at least you had Star Wars Destiny mean you haven't yep. played Magic since uh No. All this started. Um But yeah, it's it's one of those you can play it and you could really like it until you try playing competitive and then just realize this just isn't for me. That's, I enjoy sitting down true. with a friend and just playing this, but I, I just do not want to take it to that next level. I don't want to spend forty, fifty dollars on a single card or or um buy a hundred dollar box just to keep opening. I'm trying to hope to find something of value. Right. The the other thing with magic I would say, um, or some of the CCGs, mo- once you've kind of got your feet wet and you're like, I like this game, a lot of them will have um, like draft tournaments, mm-hmm. which I think are a fantastic way to kind of get your feet wet. It starts building your card pool. Everyone's kind of on even footing as far as these are the packs you opened as a group, and this is the card pool that everybody's kind of working around. Mm-hmm. Now, people will know, like, okay, I've got synergies I'm looking for when I'm drafting, and that's a whole nother game all on, onto itself, but... Nobody's going to come in with the, you know, super thought out deck that's going to just destroy everything mm-hmm. because it's 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 in the metagame. Um, Destiny is the kind of same way. They have draft mechanics in there. I'd say go find a draft. You know, they got learn the plays, start there, and then once you're ready to start collecting, do a draft or two if you can find them because you'll get a little bit of collection out of it, but then you're playing people on an, almost an even uh, playing field mm-hmm. and you're going to find people especially the people who go to these that do well they're they know what they're they're doing and chances are you may be able to learn a thing or two just by talking to them mm-hmm. by seeing how they interact with newly opened packs what they grab out of it everything like that yep so um great resource again friendly local gaming shop you always want to check with them yeah yeah what we're trying to say is just find a shop. Just go to it all the time. They're then, so great. And sort of that conversation. Yeah. Uh, so as far as board games go, mm-hmm. actually, no, let's not do board games yet. Let's talk miniature games. Uh-oh. And I'm being called out right now, aren't I? No. No, you're not. You're not calling specifically out Legion. 
at this time. It's a legion. <laughs> um, no, what I'm what I want to kind of touch base on here is things like Warhammer 40k, mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar, Legion would fall into this category. These big tabletop army based games. Mm-hmm. So usually there's a starter box or a core box of some sort that come usually comes with your rules mm-hmm. and typically most of them will come with like two half completed factions mm-hmm. that are not really skilled for a full game because the game's designed to make you buy more but it gives you your taste mm-hmm. i would also check into your local stores find when they do demo nights or find when they have people playing Nine times out of ten, there is a community that will want to teach you and bring you into the fold. So you may not even need to buy anything to test out the game to see if you even like it, because these are not cheap games to get into. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hobby, it's a true hobby, and I appreciate a lot of people who do it. Uh, it's not something that I can just invest the time and effort into because I I like to do too many other things too. Yeah, I think that's my problem is I like to paint and I like miniatures and everything that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that I also like to do, you know, everything else in the world. So right. it makes it very so difficult. So finding time is difficult. Yeah. Um, exactly what you said, though, with the core sets. Um, I do know with, um, with Warhammer, they do the... Big boxes. I can't remember the name of them right now. So there's... I was going to actually touch into that. So once you get your core mm. and you get your rule book or, or you to work with someone in the local community, figure out whatever that game is, what faction calls to you. Mm. There is a couple different ways of doing this. You can look at it, uh, especially when it comes to 40K and Age of Sigmar, because there's a lot of armies to pick from. Mm. Aesthetically, you can look at, like, I like trees and elves and dryads, so maybe that's the type of army I go with. I like guys who are possessed by demons and have spiky bits everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm playing Chaos, it looks like. Maybe you like orcs. Mm-hmm. Like, everything has its own aesthetic, and that is one very nice way of doing it because it's going to keep you invested into it because... It's something you like. Um, now, aesthetically aside, that's where that resource of uh, that local champion or local ambassador to the game is going to help out. Because maybe you like how the towel look, but then when you find out that they are how they play and their, mm-hmm. their play style may not match up to what you like to do in a game. Mm-hmm. So find that balance. Uh, at least figure out what the uh, YouTube has a lot of really good resources too. If you can just watch how these games are played, mm. you can find out how armies are built and 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 kind of like the lore and history behind it, and see if there's anything calls out to you. Now they do have once you figure out like this is the this is where I want to start. It's pretty obviously named. They have start collecting boxes. Mm-hmm. These are a huge value usually. You're saving forty to sixty dollars, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. um, as far as buying everything that would be in that box separately. So the values there in those boxes, it also gives kind of gives you that um, injection of here's a starting point for you. Mm-hmm. Now they do also usually come out um, with bigger boxes too, uh, battalions and things of that nature, 
which are even more expensive. And those are usually like almost like a full-fledged fieldable force mm-hmm. in the game. But again, we're talking, how do you get into it? I say start with a core, start with your start collecting, grow it from there. Figure out if you like it. Make sure you take the time and invest in your painting, making sure that you're enjoying the hobby. Mm-hmm. Because anyone in, the, in a tabletop miniature hobby will tell you there's unpainted minis hiding in everybody's home mm-hmm. who oh, plays yeah. these games. Some are worse than others. Me. It's a hobby that keeps kind of giving rewards back to you as you as you get better. Because mm-hmm. you're going to get better at painting. You're going to get better at playing. You're going to get better at building and modding and, and doing things with time and practice. The thing to do, though, is to make sure that you are not comparing yourself to, like, the top-tier players day mm-hmm. one. You know, try to find, like, um, what I always tell people who are, like, when I go into the store and they're like, hey, this is what, you know, because I'll go up to the paint bar and I'll talk to them and see what they've been, what, what they've been painting. And I've seen the development from, you know, just a year ago, someone just started painting to today. Mm-hmm. Is he good as someone who's been doing it for a decade? No. But he's leagues ahead of where he was when he started a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, kind of keep that in mind when you're doing these sorts of hobbies, is if you're looking at the strategy games, or if you're looking at your tabletop games, that you're looking at a game that people have been spent playing for years and years and years and years, find that caliber player that you're at, and compare mm-hmm. and, and kind of test, test the water there. So, that, that's your tabletop minis. Uh, Ricky, you got anything? No, I mean, that that's exactly it. I mean, the... The other, um, don't get trapped into repeatedly buying everything. Um, I think the problem I've had is with Fantasy Flight games, if you don't buy it right away, who knows when you're going to buy it because it will be sold out and it'll just stay sold out. Um, I know when we were at Gen Con, there was a lot that I could have bought and I decided to keep it simple and just buy the core and then for a long time... I couldn't find um, Leia. Leia, yeah, I couldn't find Leia, and they had piles, piles of her at Gen Con. And then right afterwards, you try going on eBay. On eBay, it's like fifty dollars to buy her. Everywhere sold out. Nowhere can tell you when they're going to be back in stock. Just keep it simple. Keep, um, and you don't have to buy everything. My problem is I buy both. Um, Imperial and Rebel. Yeah, I buy both Imperial and Rebel, so I'm buying legit one of everything when it comes out. And I finally realized that I need to break the habit until I start painting them. Because I have a few painted, 
I really need to paint a lot more to justify how much I've been spending on this. Because you don't realize it. It's you need to play. Yeah, it's fifteen to thirty dollars per expansion, and when you're buying them one by one, it's not too big until you realize a few months later that it's been less than a year, and you probably have four to five hundred dollars worth of. It's true. It's a, it's a slippery slope. Hiding. The other thing is, you oh, have, I have way more than that. You haven't been playing. Yeah, that's true. Which I think is going to be the other the other fix is. Either you got to be hobbying and, and painting them and keeping up with it if you're going to be buying them at that rate, or or playing. At yeah. least build them and even if it's primed and unpainted, and get just out there and play. get out there and use them because then you're still getting some value out of it. Yeah. And then paint will come with time as you as you crank through more. Yeah. So let's talk about board games, um, and how to buy into a board game that has expansions or establishment. This is where. The community is going to be your best friend when it comes to these uh, established games because there is a lot out there that has multiple expansions. Uh, I'm going to use a couple of my favorites as as testers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elder Chore mm-hmm. has small box and big box expansions. Um, out, right out the gate, you need the base game. Almost every expansion will say base. You know, you need the. Mm-hmm. The normal copy to be able to play the stuff in here. Do your research. Figure out what's in each box of what you want to buy. And then kind of target from there. Some people go for, and specifically with Eldritch, they'll go for the small boxes first because they're a little bit easier to digest. Mm-hmm. They add some cards. They add some monsters. They add some extra things. But they don't add much to the board itself. Um, the big box expansions usually add like an extra board to the to the game that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more cards, a little bit more stuff. Um, Eldritch, for example, also has um, their last expansion was kind of an expansion of expansions. It really fueled a lot of the other things and allowed you to play a campaign. It is not something I would suggest to get right away. Get it at the end. It's an expansion of expansions. So it, it enhances everything else that you already have. But if you get that first after the bakes game, you're not getting your value out of that expansion. Mm-hmm. So some things have that um, Descent and Imperial Assault as miniature-based things. Again, they have the large expansions. Get those over the little figurines. Those can come in time. The little figurines look so cool, but that's also why I haven't gotten into Imperial Assault because right. I will buy every single one. A but lot yes, of, but a lot of the other expansions out there, you know, it's core game, and then figure out what the expansion does, and see if it's something you want to add. Mm-hmm. I always will attest, though, play the game without the expansions. Mm-hmm. However long it makes you feel that you feel like you've gotten your value out of that main game, or you know, we've played it enough. I want to see something, you know. We like it, but we want something more. That's when you go get your expansion. Harry Potter's still going strong, and that's why I have not bought the expansion just yet. Exactly. So once you guys, like, that one is a very great example of, there are seven scenarios or games to play Mm. in the core box that are relatively unique to each other. You don't need the expansion until you at least have played all of those. Yeah. Because... It takes because the expansion itself takes 
the difficulty level that you're at at level seven and dump jumps it up again. Mm-hmm. So it's tough and it makes it tougher. Now, some expansions are going to help uh, sooner than later. Uh, Catan is a great example. It's a three to four player game, but they have the five to six player expansion. I know we talked about in our expansion episode that that is a terrible idea, but sometimes you need that extra player. Um, Dinosaur Island has a five player expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, Lords of Waterdeep and their expansion adds a player count to it so sometimes that's what you need Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that are kind of like the outside the outside the box outside the normal box of Mm -hmm. i want to add another player that's a great time to add an expansion because that's what the expansion does i would also say make sure you justify buying the expansion I love Settlers of Catan, so I went and I picked up the five to six player expansion. So I thought I was going to play it, but to be honest, I really don't have five to six friends who want to play it. Again, I'm a very lonely man. I barely have one friend who would want to play it with me. Hi, Justin. It's true. That's that's a rough game. Um, I haven't played Settlers in years, to be honest. Yeah, neither have I. So we're okay. Right. Now, the other piece I would say to, to kind of keep going and paying attention to this, uh, another one I like to describe because it's a weird expansion game is Smash Up. Mm-hmm. So Smash Up is a great example of something that's a little bit unique on the market. Um, none of the expansions rely upon each other. And the big trick with Smash Up is everyone comes with different expansions. So one's like monster movies ones rainbows puppy dogs and kittens smash up is a game of get the expansion that calls out to you whatever thing you like grab that one Mm -hmm. and you can just kind of keep buying the expansions as you like them because all it does is just add more choices and more factions for you to choose between but that's all it does and it doesn't rely upon itself so that one is pick up and pick them up as you call it Mm-hmm. and not worry about it too much. That, that kind of runs up mm-hmm. buying in for me. It is if we want to do the uh, too, uh, too long didn't listen version of the podcast, go in slow, buy the core, get some repetition and, and plays out of that before you go in and add more to it. Just get your feet wet. Just don't jump fully in, just get your feet wet. Figure out if you really want to do it. Figure out if it's something that's going to hold your interest for more than a night. Yeah, you also have to realize, or you also have to recognize this as a investment for your entertainment. So mm-hmm. it may be worth it to spend the extra money and get into a game that has a lot already going for it, um, like me and Arkham Horror. Um, yep. there is, I already know an established community that plays regularly. I know you who play regularly. It's also a game that I can play by myself. And honestly, that's all I've done so far is played by myself and I've enjoyed it. So right from here, I have the basics. I can start expanding into all of the extra without feeling too guilty about it instead of me buying everything. And then after playing a few games going, well, you know what? This sucks. I'm. I'm done. Right. I can actually continue and enjoy. So, yeah, that, that, that kind of sums it up. Hope this helps you in the uh, in the future, or you, you can share this advice with others that are getting into the hobby. 
the two best resources I would say is your online community. So either your, your Facebook groups or board game geek or your just your local store. Find mm-hmm. you know whether it's the employees or the guy who organizes board game night or the guy who organizes or gal who organizes whatever that's there. Those community those local community ambassadors are going to do wonderful things to mm-hmm. help you learn what not to do or what to do when it comes into getting into the uh, game that's been out for more than a year or two mm-hmm. and has options and so that you don't get overwhelmed. That being said, so this is our first episode with our new mics and our new setup. So we're sorry. Hopefully not. We're going to find out after we edit this whether or not this worked, but... Right. Thankfully, so, you won't have to hear me continuously yelling um, and then having to turn it up anytime Justin talks. Right. We're hoping to eliminate that with our new setup and our new mixer, so hopefully things will improve. As always, we look for the feedback, so either drop us a line on Facebook or email us at tabletoparcanum at gmail.com for either feedback on the episodes or even if you just want to write in and say hi. Uh, we are working towards having another giveaway coming up soon. Uh, we are figuring out how exactly to run it this time, just to make sure that everyone who listens, I mean, you guys put in the effort, you listen to us, you should be rewarded. We shouldn't just hand it out to some random person somewhere. So we are working on figuring out a good way to have any kind of loot that's given right. put into your hands. So more to come on that. I've, been working to get some uh, giveaway sponsorship so we'll see what we can do and maybe get some game new games into your hands for listening to us and spreading the good word of tabletop arcanum next episode we will again like i said earlier we'll delay it because uh i'll be going to gamma and then we will be coming back and talking all about gamma so until then this is justin And this is Ricky, and you should just buy everything. Don't listen to anything we said. Just keep buying it. Just buy everything. Just buy every single expansion. Don't listen to anything we said. Just keep buying it. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.